Hey, you ever been to Chancellor Park? That's where I live. My name is Tavin Dillard, and I live in a trailer park called Chancellor Park, and I mow lawns. I'd like to introduce you to my town. I've been making YouTube's videos since about 2006, and then I've transitioned over to other platforms like the TikToks and the whatnot. But here on this podcast, I'd like to clue you into what's going on with me here lately. And this is like a pre-introduction. Now I'm going to send it off to myself for the real introduction. I'm glad you joined me. Bink, bink. Well, a very good hello to you, my friend. Welcome to the Tavin Dillard Podcast. We in season two's episode twelve. So that means we we in the home stretch of this season. And I'll tell you right now, the questions and answers. Well, the questions they rolling in. I mentioned last week. I minded y'all guys that the last episode of this season, which I guess uh, math. You know, I got to do a little math here. Do, 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 do. That's gonna be episode fifteen. It'll be after episode fourteen. Uh, is just me answering your questions. Q and A. Well, the A is the answers. That's what happens on the podcast. That's when you get them answers. The questions, uh, I gotta get them now so I know what I'm answering, kind of thing. So they started coming in after last week's uh, podcast. Folks texted me at five zero one three two two six two four nine, or they also emailed, or you can email. Actually, most of them have been uh, the text message, but then uh, tabandiller at gmail dot com. Uh, that's where people have emailed me in the past to Q&A and uh, this new one coming up is going to be just in a few weeks so if you got a question sooner the better so I can get them all accumulated <clears throat> you accumulate them and you organize them and then you answer them uh, on the podcast so it's going to be a hoot it's already been a hoot hearing from y'all so if you got a question for me uh, shoot it at me and them's all in my show notes you know how to get in touch with me and appreciate you doing that it is uh, it's springtime there ain't no way about it. I mean, you may look out the window and say, it don't feel like spring in, in my neighborhood. You know, maybe it's been cold a lot of places, but either way, we're in the springs. My name's Tavin Dillard. I'm Olans. I live in Chancellor Park. This here is a podcast, which is like a radio show. Um, that's like where you listen with your ears. That's what you do. Uh, it ain't, it ain't, you know, it ain't like a complicated thing, I guess. You just listen. Uh, I ain't expecting you to do nothing. Uh, I'm hoping that you listen. And I guess you are if you hear this. And then I, I do hope that you enjoy your time here with me. I know you only got a limited amount just like me every day. And so for you to be spending time listening to this, maybe you're on a walk. Maybe you're pushing a shopping cart. Maybe you're chasing a rat terrier. I don't know what's going on with you, but I do know that um, this is for listening. And you can be doing other stuff while you listen. Maybe the dishes. Oh, that laundry. Anyways, I've been playing in the Winter League adult softball season. It's about to wrap up. You know, it's low-key. I mean, there's no way around it that this is a low-key season. We six and two. Six wins to the two losses. We having fun. Uh, we still at six and two. If you remember a couple weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks ago, we was at six and two because we didn't, we had a rain out. Uh, we had another team forfeit. We had a bye week, which is bye. See you later. You ain't playing this week. Other teams are, but not Team Burger Shed. So, I mean, sometimes I feel like we're talking about softball this season more than we play in it. But that's going to change, you know, here in eh, about another six weeks or so when the spring league, when I like the, the big league start back up. I don't, I don't have that calendar in front of me, but I know it's next, you know, just like after March come April. I know after winter league come spring league. Hey, Tavin's Honey from Bees, you heard of it? Get your jar too, or put it on something that ain't sweet. It's going to be sweet. I'll tell you that right now. Good honey. 
It's at the concession stand out at the ball field. It's perfect for biscuits, hot dinner rolls, softer than a baby angel's leg. Uh, that's Bee House Honey. And my, my face is on the, the wrapper, uh, whatever, the cover, the, the thing on the front of it, the label on Tavin's Honey from Bees. And you'll see the link in my show notes there. Get you some of that. It's good for gifts. It's good for thinking about getting it for somebody. And then you buy it for yourself. And then if they come over and they and they want a little bit of honey, then you give them a little bit out your jar, but you ain't giving them the whole jar kind of thing. So it's good for that too. But just a heads up, like I said, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be that Q&A episode. So start sending them them questions uh, A-S-A-P and that's abbreviation just like the Q&A is question and answer this is for as soon as possibility <clears throat> is that right? something like that so I can get all that put together you can send them questions to my email or text again that's in the show notes now what's going on with me? well Cody Mantell got a remote control airplane who cares right Tavin? Yeah, who cares if Cody Mantell got a remote control airplane? well he brought it to the fields tonight this week so more than more on that in just a little bit but just keep that just lock that away you know in the rolodex in the back of your head that uh at the softball fields this week when we were supposed to be playing a softball game cody mantell who is a softball player on our softball team brought a remote control airplane okay we'll just we'll just park out there for now another busy week in town though how was your week you doing all right you know i'm a gene and raymond watkins they live in town Nice older home, good-sized lawn. Well, Imogene and Raymond had a trip planned this week. And they friends with Jerry Don and Sybil Farnhart, who run the flea market in town. That's, that's Rance Farnhart's parents, uh, Jerry Don and Sybil, if you if you didn't know that. Uh, and Rance, he run the bait and tackle out on the lake, and they got a restaurant in there. They, they serve good fish and chips. He do haircuts out there, uh, out on the patio. Uh, so uh, these busy folks. But, yeah, Jerry Don and Sybil... They bargain shoppers. I mean, you got to be that way if you're running a flea market. That's just how that go. you a flea market runner, then all of a sudden you're looking for things that you can buy at a price and then you resell them. Or you, they find stuff that people are just getting rid of, you know, and then you sell them for a price that's still reasonable. Because, hey, if I'm shopping at a flea market, if I'm shopping at a flea market, I ain't looking to pay high dollar for nothing. I just ain't. That's how that go. Got a little excited thinking about it, but that's the truth. I just ain't I ain't trying to pay too much. You know, I'm trying to get like seven things for under $4. And it could be anything from personal fitness. Maybe I find a dumbbell. Oh, and then I got a, uh, you know, like a, some sort of a fountain pen that says something cool on it. Because you can get a little pen anywhere, but you can't get one that says, uh, you know, Mervyn's Magic Show, Branson, 1983 kind of thing. And if it worked too... If you get that pen and it work and you then you got that dumbbell and then you got a picture frame that's way fancier than you'd ever use, but you think, you know what, me mom might put something in there. She got some ideas. She got a couple old pictures like her mama and her daddy, and she put that right on the kitchen counter because me mom ain't got a lot of space, extra space in other places of her trailer because she got a baby doll collection. So if there's a shelf in her trailer, baby doll sitting on it. That's how that go. So anyway, uh, you know, Sybil and Jerry Don, they run that, that flea market and they get together with Imogene and Raymond Watkins and go into the outlet malls. Well, Imogene and Raymond's oldest boy, he lives on the way. And they said, we're going to just drive ourselves. We'll meet you out there. You know, and part of a road trip is who you go with. But, you know, sometimes that's just how it goes. They say, we'll just meet you there. We'll get out to the, to the outlet malls on our own. And so Jerry Don said to him, 
why don't you make, we, we just meet y'all at the Kenny Rogers Roasters there at the outlet malls. Now, the Kenny Rogers Roasters, you may recall, is, uh, well, you know Kenny Rogers. Got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, uh, know when to walk away, know when to run. That's the, the singer. Kenny Rogers is a musical artist. And Kenny Rogers Roasters, well, his name was on the restaurant, and they make that chicken. They roast that chicken. And uh, I don't know anybody that don't know what chicken tastes like. Everybody know what chicken tastes like. So, I mean, it, it seemed like a slam dunk, like a win-win. You got Kenny Rogers Roasters, boy, that's going to be good. The only thing is, well, well, I won't, I won't get ahead of myself with this story. You, you'll see how this goes, and maybe you already anticipating it. You anticipating where this is going based on uh, just what you know about Kenny Rogers Roasters. Well, sounded like a plan to Raymond and Imogene. Turns out it had been a few years since Jerry Don and Sybil had been to this outlet mall. And uh, they, they got out there a little earlier than Imogene and Raymond because, you know, Imogene and Raymond, they, they stopping to see their boy. You know, and I'm, when, when I say they boy, he a full-grown man. He may be close to 60 by now. I don't know, 50s. Uh, you know, because that's how that go. They would, and that's still they boy, though. Because that's how that works. You know, people call they, they old man, if it's a son, that's a boy. So they doing that. Well, Jerry Don and Sybil get out there, and they poking around a little bit in some of them outlet stores, Adder Candle and Flanch, which I don't know if that's really their style, but if they got a bargain on something, you know, Sybil bound to sniff it out, you know, and put a little money down, knows how she can turn it around, take it back to town, maybe get a little money for it. Uh, her Snatchies out there, too. All them name brands, you can imagine. Meemaw wants to get a pair of them SAS shoes, like walking on a cloud. I wouldn't mind them, that Velcro. Easy get on, easy get off. I know little kids like Velcro. Then like big kids, they like, I can tie my own shoes. I don't need them Velcros. Then you get to that age where you're like, that Velcro ain't so bad. Well, I, strap, I just slide right in them. Strap that on and then I'm, I'm good to go. Speaking of Velcro, when it's time to meet up with Imogene and Sybil at that Kenny Rogers Roasters, Jerry Don and Sybil thought they got turned around because they went right where they thought that Kenny Rogers Roasters store was. And it wasn't there. I mean, they had to go and find one of them mall maps. You know them mall maps? Them maps at the mall, this is an outlet mall, so it would be called, I guess, an outlet mall map. You know them outlet mall maps on them big, on them big like, uh, displays in the middle of the mall, wherever you was at? They got a mall map, like an outlet mall map. They got them at the front ways. They got them at the back ways. They got them at the middle ways and the sides so that if you kind of lost, you just wander over that big old mall map. They call it, like, outlet mall map, and it's a map of the mall. And they draw it out, like, this store's there, that store's there, there's the bathroom. That's what a lot of people, I think, look, well, where's the bathroom? You know, you get over to one of them places and you got to do your business, uh, you need to know where to go. With the maps they say on them, them mall maps they say, you are here. And you never want to be there. You want to be by the store you're looking for, them bathrooms you're looking for. But you go to them mall maps, them outlet mall maps. This will be an outlet mall map because where Jerry Don and Sybil Farnhart and I'm Gene Raymond Watkins was going to meet up today was the outlet mall. And you, you go to them mall maps, outlet mall maps to get your bearings and figure out where you are. Right, and then next to them maps is a list of them shops and stores and whatnot, and they do that alphabetically. So if you know your alphabet from A to the B all the way down to K and then through uh, R and like Z all the way down there, like in order of the ABCs. I ain't got to do the ABCs for you. You know, what you, you know your ABCs. So the way that works is that Jerry Don take his finger and he point to that map. You know, he just put his finger right on that map and then he drop that finger down all the way down to the case for Kenny Rogers Roasters. Well, he get down there and there ain't no Kenny Rogers Roasters on this map. So last time they was here, I guess a few years ago, 
not only was there a Kenny Rogers Roasters that was serving up chicken, and they might have lost track. Instead of three years, it could have been seven. You know how life go. And and it wasn't not, not only on on the map, uh, that, that store that storefront wasn't where it used to be. So there's just confusion at this point. And, you know, you kind of get this sick feeling because it's like, oh, no, I'm supposed to meet my friends at the Kenny Rogers Roasters here at the Outlet Malls. And Jerry Don Silver thinking that. And Imogene Raymond, they none the wiser. Imogene Raymond Watkins, none the wiser. They still visiting with day boy. He's a full-grown man, but he's day boy. Well, little did he know, Imogene and Raymond, this is Jerry Don, he didn't know, that they'd showed up and they was looking steady, looking for that Kenny Rogers Roasters now too. They circled them outlet malls, looking everywhere for Kenny Rogers Roasters. You know, Imogene's thinking, well, he said the, the Kenny Rogers Roasters, Raymond. He said it's going to be here. You remember they served that chicken? Raymond's like, I know they do. I like them sides they got there. You know, now not only are they anticipating meeting their friends there, they starting to anticipating eating the food that they serve up at the Kenny Rogers Roasters at the outlet malls. Only thing is, there ain't no Kenny Rogers Roasters to be found. So you can imagine they're looking for the sign and the smell of some good cooking chicken, and it ain't there. Sybil tells Jerry, why don't you call Raymond and tell him where we are? And Jerry Don says, what do I tell him? Once we find the Kenny Rogers Roasters, there ain't no need to call. You know, let's go find this thing. Jerry Don ain't gaved up yet. Uh, that's, how, that's how that go. Jerry Don just know, uh, we're going to find this Kenny Rogers Roasters. We're going to meet him where we said we was. It's going to be fine. I ain't nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, let's get, get, get on with it kind of thing. You know, Jerry Don's just steady sticking to the plan. Well, Sybil shook her hand, her head, and she's just, you know, shaking her head back and forth. You know how you shake your head. I mean, if you go up and down, you nod and like you agreeing with somebody. You saying, oh, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, I believe your grandbaby's going to be third chair trombone in the band next year. Oh, that's great. You know, that's nodding. But shaking is left and right. It's like, this ain't going to work out. I don't believe you. Oh, I can't. But, oh, bless your heart. You know, kind of. It, it's usually like you try to sympathize with somebody and you can't believe their son, uh, you know, dropped out of college to go start a, a wheelie popping club for bicycles or whatever and you shake your oh well bless his heart i hope he finds success doing that well sybil shaking her head like i don't like that plan jerry don we ain't going to just find a, a kenny rogers roaster because in her head sybil already thinking uh, there ain't no kenny rogers roasters to be found so she can she's shaking her head left to right and she she said we need to call them is what she said to Jerry Don. And Jerry Don said, let's just go to where we think the store is and ask whoever's there where they moved that Kenny Rogers Roasters. Now, that ain't bad. You know, Jerry Don, he is admitting, he goes, it ain't where it used to be. You know, so he, he is dealing with a little bit of reality here. He ain't just like, oh, this magic is going to appear and we're going to have the best day ever. Sybil shake her head and they take off toward where the restaurant should be. All the while, Imogene and Raymond, they steady circling the mall, getting tired. No Kenny Rogers roasters. I mean, not a chicken in sight. What does Imogene do? She says, Raymond, why don't you call Jerry Don and see where they are? Well, Raymond thought that was a good idea. And he reached into his pocket for a little flip phone. You know, you flip it open and then you mash them numbers and it called a number. You, you know, that's how phone work. You know, you match them numbers, uh, uh, then then it call that number on the phone, and then that person pick up. You know, I don't have to explain how phones work to you. I mean, if you were born after 1899, you kind of got a pretty good handle. They they switched them over the year, but they don't patch you into an operator now. Yeah, you can call right through. Uh, but the thing is, Raymond got to have the phone number unless he got it programmed into his flip phone. Anyways, uh, that flip phone wasn't there. It wasn't in his pocket. He thinks about it, and then he realized, Imogene, I left it back at Trent's house. That's a boy. 
So they, they was going to have to make another stop on the way home to get that phone. But in the meantime, they was at the outlet malls, steady circling for a Kenny Rogers Roasters, which is nowhere to be found. And now they can't even call their friends, you know, Jerry Don and Sybil Farnhart. So even if Jerry, Jerry Don did decide to call Raymond, he wasn't going to get in touch. By that time, Jerry Don and Sybil walk into a Velcro ball store called Stuck On You. And Jerry Don said, hey, friend. Uh, what happened to Kenny Rogers Roasters? Well, this 17-year-old lanky fellow with a lanyard around his neck that said Velcro Specialist looked at Jerry Don and said, What's the what? Kenny Rogers Roasters. It's good eating. It's chicken. And uh, that stuck on you, employee. Kind of stared at Jerry Don for a second and just said, I don't know what that is. And Sybil chimes in, How long you been here? And that old employee said, I clocked in at 9.30 this morning. And Sybil's like, No, how long has this store been here? You know, I had to say like, clarify for this employee. Oh, I don't know, like three years, I guess. So at this point, Jerry Don and Sybil start putting three and two together and realize that Kenny Rogers Roasters is gone. And about that time, Imogene and Raymond are circling by and Jerry Don holler at them, Raymond, Imogene. They both look into that Velcro ball store and see Jerry Don and Sybil. Imogene hollers, Raymond left his telephone at Trent's. And Sybil just holler back, don't matter none. Jerry wasn't going to call anyhow. And Raymond says, where's the chicken? And Jerry Don throws up his hands in the air. It's gone. No chicken? No chicken. Well, don't that beat all, Raymond muttered. Everybody's hungry. At that point, they found a food court with a burger place called Circus Burgers, and they said the burgers was fine, but when you said he planted on Kitty Rogers Roasters, you know, there's a little disappointment in there. They got some shopping done. I imagine if Jerry Don Civil found some good deals, you're liable to see some new, new stuff over at their flea market this week because uh, it's, it's rare they're going to go to outlet malls and come back empty-handed. I mean, they they... They came back with no chicken, that's for sure, but uh, they probably found something out there. Their son, like I said, Rance Farnhart, he on our team. He said they got back into town earlier today. You know, Rance runs a bait and tackle, like I said, outside of town, but he held down the flea market today for his folks. He worked it. They weren't about to close just because they was going to the outlet mall, so he did that, and they rode back in early. Rance had Misty Fisdale running a bait and tackle. She's a red-headed, wild-eyed teenager who's a hard worker, sharp shooter. Uh, don't let that wild eye fool you. She can, she can see just fine. Well, the reason I tell you about Rance is that he wasn't sure if he's going to be at the game because he's going to close down the flea market and then have to go down close down the bait and tackle before our game. But since Jerry Don and Sybil made it back earlier in the day, that wasn't no problem. In fact, everybody was at the field on time this week, ready to play. I think after basically two weeks off, we was hungry for some softball, and we kind of put a hurting on this season at 6-2. and two. Like I said at the beginning, I mean, we, we've been playing some ball. So we got there early, and somebody is out in center field in a Bud's Burger shed shirt with a big old remote control airplane. Who would that be? That's right. Like I told you, Cody Mantell. Well, fellas get out there and start crowding around. You know how it is when somebody got a remote control anything. And Myron Curtis is like, does that thing fly, Cody? And Cody's like, it's an airplane. What do you think? Myron's like, fine, let's see it. Yeah, put that baby in the air. You know, JT Whitlow's hollering at it, too. He's like, let's see that thing fly. Well, Cody straightens the plane out and kind of backs away with both hands, you know, gripping the remote control. And I ask him, you know, is it on, Cody? And he's like, of course it's on, Tabin. Watch this. So we watched, and that plane started shooting across that bumpy outfield, you know, like it's on wheels. It got wheels, you know, below it. You know where wheels go on, on airplanes or even like cars. They're on the bottom, then on the top. And that plane just starts boom, 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 just bumping on across that outfield grass. And then it took flight. It went up so high over the street to run next to the fields. But then it circled back like Imogene and Raymond at the outlet malls, you know, just circling. And he's over the parking lot now. And Mort Dwight also, heck, hey, Cody, can I have a turn on that? You know, everybody, that's how it is. You get a remote control, anything, a pickup truck, 
car, you know, a little race car, airplane, uh, the next guy's, hey, can I get a turn on that? I mean, that starts when you like four year old and, and you get a bunch of grown men around anything, you might as well have a bunch of 10 year olds. More step toward Cody, Cody elbow him. Like, you know, he got his hand on the remote. Like, get off. You know how you holding the remote control, both hands, somebody get too close, you ain't about to let go of that control, but you got to take action. So you use that wing you got. That's what Cody did. He just got that elbow out. And then Mort snaps it. He goes, easy, man. I ain't doing nothing. He's like, fine. Just let me just circle back around. But watch what I'm doing here, Cody said. Because, you know, you got to have the fella watch. Like, if you want to know how to do this, watch what I'm doing. Don't just go out. Go out. You know, this is expensive. You know, it's mine. So he's trying to, trying to help him train, I guess, train him to do the right thing when Mort gets a moat. Well, Cody was bringing that plane back toward the outfield coming over that grassy area on the other side of the outfield wall there, you know, where Chet Delroy teaches junior archery. They got hay bales back there and all that kind of thing. Well, it's getting close to the field, but Cody bring that thing too low, and it clipped the outfield wall, and that plane stopped quick. Just hits the ground on the other side of the outfield wall, right in the grassy area where the junior archers practice. Cody sprinted over there, hopped that fence. He's holding that plane in his arms. We all kind of making our way over there. Cody looks up from the wreckage. And then straight to Mort Dwidell. You wrecked this, Mort. You paying for this plane. That's what he say. Well, there was a time when we'd all be scared of Cody. But at some point, you can't live in fear. And our team ain't having none of that. And Mort fired back. I ain't paying for nothing, buddy. You crashed your own plane. Russell Tucker said, you need help getting that off the field, Cody? We got a game to play, you know. Me and Myron helped Cody get everything back to his lowered mini truck. And he just put it in the bed there. Myron and me turned to get back to the field when we heard Cody's door shut truck start and drive off well we figured he's done for the night and he was so now we down a player so we played down just that one fella Rance Farnhart he was a little off tonight he wasn't late you know he had all that to do today but he wasn't late he's just kind of scattered so he was there like physically there but mentally I think whatever he had a crazy day between his parents shop and a bait and tackle I did all right I stole two bases and Mort was hot because Cody blamed him and then left the fields. So his first at bat, he cranked a two-run shot right where that plane crashed. Rusty Tidwell was on second because of a screaming double. So they scored, They both scored on that Mort homer. But Mort was swinging angry the rest of the night, and he just couldn't make contact. You know, he's just, he don't like being accused of something. He did ask if he could fly that plane, but he never floated. it. You know, he never got a chance to fly that thing with that moat control in his hand, so he wasn't in charge of it. That's Cody, you know, steady landing that thing into the fence. I think Cody's plane would be good like a Saturday morning thing, maybe not right before we play on a, on a weeknight, but I ain't no moat controlologist. Here's the deal, though. I mean, because of all that, I ain't making excuses. But I'm piling up some reasons to let you know we did not pull out a win today. We lost 9-4. to four, Which, if you keep in count, puts us at 6-3 in the winter league. Got some good exercise, I'll tell you that. We'll have to find out about Cody, but I figure he'll cool off and be back. I can't imagine that plane was cheap, though. I bet Jerry Don Sybil Farnhart got something down at the flea market might help him. But that was our night. Cheryl Grubb, she worked a concession stand. Smells normal over there now. You know, like hot dogs and stuff. Not like, well, you know how it did when Jalapeno got sick over there. So that was a good thing. But I'll tell you one thing. I got a Q&A that ain't going to make itself. I need questions from y'all guys. Shoot me an email, tabandiller at gmail.com this week. Or 
text me at 501-322-6249. But whatever you do, go to my show notes, click the link for Cabin's Honey from Bees, and get you some of that. Thanks to Bee House for being such a part of this season two of the Tabin Dillard podcast. And hey, if you ain't gone to the outlet mall today or this week at all and circled it seven, eight times trying to find Kenny Rogers roasters, you doing okay. I sure appreciate y'all joining me today here on the Tabin Dillard podcast. And you know what? We'll see you later.